Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. I don't know if it's because of the, the time shift, but I believe we're not on, all on one accord this morning. I think some people are over here and some people are over here in the spirit. I want us to take a moment to settle our hearts and settle our minds. I believe many of us have been running late and it causes us to be off in the spirit. So in this moment, I want you to settle your hearts. If we can lift our hands. We need to be on one accord. Begin to say something to God. If you need to ask for forgiveness because your mind is somewhere else, begin to ask God for forgiveness now. Father, we bless you. Forgive us now, God. Settle our hearts. Remove all distractions. Forgive us, God, we pray. Our minds are in other places this morning. We want you to be pleased with our worship. Receive all that we have as a sacrifice of praise. Now God speak. Somebody say speak Lord. Our hearts are now ready to receive. Somebody give God a hand clap of prayer. I know the world has a way of dictating our pace, but whenever we come into the house of the Lord, we've got to make sure that our hearts and our minds are set in a place where we can receive from God. I want us to go quickly to our Bibles, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord, despite the time shift. You felt a need to be in the house of the Lord. Exodus chapter 14. I'm reading verses 10 through 12, the New King James Version of the Bible. If you can, if you are in the house of the Lord, stand for the reverence of God's holy word. The Bible says, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse number 11, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? How could a people who were released from bondage say they would want to be back in bondage. Is it not the word we told you in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. The Bible says and when Pharaoh drew near the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold the Egyptians marched after them. 
so they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord you may be seated in the presence of the Lord for those of you this may be your first time with us I've been on this sermon series called all things new somebody say all things new and I believe there's some necessary steps that we have to do in our lives in order for God to do a new thing. Uh, many believers want God to do a new thing in their life, but we don't take the necessary steps. So I said that we've been all purpose for the new. Somebody say, I've been purpose for the new. Well, this morning, I want to talk about how we can prevent the new from coming in our lives. Because many of us, unbeknowings to ourselves, prevent God from doing a new thing. And it's important to note that God-ordained advancement will always be accompanied by adversaries. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever you're trying to advance in God, there will always be adversaries to that advancement. Because when God desires to do a new thing in the life of a believer, it will always be accompanied by the devices of the enemy. I, whenever God is trying to desire to do something in our lives, somebody say the enemy will show up. Yeah, he's going to show up and many of us get frustrated when we see that, that when we know God is trying to push us to another level and the enemy shows up. Somebody say it comes with the territory. Yeah, if you're a believer in God and you want to be advanced, it's going to come with the territory. Because the enemy knows, that, watch this, that your ability to go through process, progress, and promotion, watch this, will do damage to his kingdom. Uh, whenever the believer is promoted in God, whenever the believer goes through process in God, whenever the believer um, 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 it has progress in God, the enemy wants to show up. He does not want you to be promoted. Somebody say he don't want you to be promoted. Because your new thing that God does in your life is a threat to the enemy. Somebody say I'm a threat to the enemy. Woo, that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else. And here lies one of the reasons that many believers struggle to obtain the new thing that God wants to do in their lives because we succumb to the opposition of the enemy. Uh, we want everything to be roses, peaches and cream, but somebody say it don't work like that. Yeah, if you want anything from God, someone say, I've got to go through the enemy. Yeah, many believers, y'all not equipped to go through the enemy. And this is why, watch what we're admonished in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. The Bible says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Peter was warning believers about the opposition that we would face when God wants to do a new thing in our lives. Uh, and notice this, he begins verse 13 with this phrase, gird up. And one Greek translation of this word means to brace for. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever, um, when a storm is coming, they say brace yourself. Uh, that word also means that I've got to prepare for. Uh, and and, and even more than that, I've got to get ready for. Whenever God wants to do a new thing in our life, I've got to brace for the enemy. I've got to prepare for the enemy. Somebody say, I've got to get ready for the enemy. We shout, we dance when we're prophesied about what God wants to do in our lives, but nobody gets ready. Woo. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Yeah, you got to get ready because Peter knew that there is an advancement in God, that there will also be the attacks of the enemy. And herein lies one of the problems with many believers. 
that we're ready for the new thing that God wants us to do, but we're not ready for the war that the enemy wages against the new thing in our lives. I know they told you you was going to get married, but you did not know that war was going to be accompanied by it. I know you said you was going to be blessed with your business, but you did not know that war would come with it. Somebody say war comes with it. I know you wanted to be a pastor and they spoke that over your life, but war will come with it. And many of us are not ready for the war. But in like manner, yes, we must expect progression, but I should also expect in like manner that the enemy will come against that progression in my life. So I'm going to say you got to get ready. The enemy wants to prevent the new thing in your life. He always comes against it. And here's a good litmus test. If God is trying to do a new thing in your life, the enemy shows up. Did y'all catch what I just said? Anytime God is trying to bless you, anytime God is trying to deposit something in you, anytime God is trying to shift you from one place to the next, somebody say the enemy shows up. He's not going to bother you if you're still in the same place. Oh, so, so, so that's, somebody say that's good news. That's good news. A believer that has no revelation concerning the attacks against the new and a believer that is not ready for the attacks against the new can never be prepostured to receive the new. I need to have a level of revelation concerning these attacks against me. And I've got to be ready for war. And if I'm not ready, if I don't have revelation, someone say I can't receive. Because the ignorant believer will never walk in a new thing that God desires to do in their lives. This is why many of us complain about the attacks of the enemy and we, we forfeit what God is trying to do. Somebody say don't forfeit it. Therefore, my prayer this morning is that we're not ignorant concerning how the enemy attempts to prevent the new thing that God wants to do in our life. We need revelation. We've got to be ready so that we can posture ourselves to receive the new. So here's the critical questions we've got to ask ourselves. Uh, it's, it's on your screen. How does the enemy attempt to prevent us from receiving the new thing in our lives? What are the devices that come to defeat the new in our lives? Somebody say those are critical questions. Yeah, and I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. In our text, I'm going to try to break this down really quickly. We find the children of Israel moving from bondage to better. Uh, God had released them from the bondage of the, uh, of the Egyptians. They were going from prison to promise. Uh, they were going from defeat to devotion. In other words, God was trying to do a new thing in their lives. After, watch this, some, some scholars say it's between 210 and 430 years that the children of Israel were in bondage to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And God says, I'm going to do a new thing. Everybody knows when God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So Pharaoh, in, in, in Exodus chapter 14, Pharaoh had given them, somebody say, freedom. Uh, so, so we notice they're on this journey now to freedom. In Exodus chapter 12, Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And the Bible says that all these plagues came because Pharaoh had hardened in his heart. And then, and then this last plague came where the firstborn son of every family was killed. And at that place of being killed, Pharaoh saw it, said, I had enough of these children of Israel. So we find them in freedom. And then in chapter 13 of Exodus, they had a feast to celebrate their freedom. How many of y'all know we get a word and we begin to celebrate? Somebody say right away. And then we find in verse number 14, yeah, they received freedom. Yeah, there was a feast and a celebration. But in verse in Exodus chapter 14, we find a fight against the enemy. Somebody say a fight. 
Because God, watch this, the enemy will never let you go that easy. I know you used to do this and you thought because you got saved that everything was going to be okay. Those friends that I used to hang with, I won't hang with them no more. Watch this, the enemy will not let you go easily. Even though Pharaoh said, I'm going to let these, um, the children of Israel go, I'm going to watch y'all have a party, I'm not going to let you go that easy. Doesn't that sound like us? Whenever God wants to do a new thing, we get a word. Oh, thank God the prophet spoke over my life. And then we begin to worship God. And watch this. This is when the enemy shows up, when we're not ready for war. I'm going to celebrate. And at, at the moment that I put my guards down, the enemy shows up. This is how we find the children of Israel in our text. Just like us, we get a word. We run to worship, but the enemy will, will always send war against that new thing. And I believe we can glean wisdom from our text about why, how the enemy prevents this new thing in our lives. So let's walk the text that I'm going to be out your way. Let's look at verse number 10. The Bible says, when Pharaoh draw near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Some say afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. The enemy will always use fear to fight against your future. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. The enemy will always use fear to fight against your future. Uh, and herein lies one of the greatest reasons that many believers never go through process, never see progress, and never see promotion of God. Because the promise of the new to believers die at the place of fear. Many of us, we, we're, we're too scared to step out on faith. We're too scared because we believe that we've been, we've been in it too long. God, you, you, you definitely could have not called me. Do you know what I used to be? So, so, so what this promotion that God wants to do dies at the place of fear. Somebody say, don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid. He uses fear to fight against our future. How many times have somebody spoken something over our lives and immediately fear comes upon us? The enemy uses fear. Somebody say the enemy uses fear. And hear this. If we can be honest, many believers never move forward because some believers are moved by fear. Did y'all catch what I just said? We're not moved by faith. We're not moved by our resources. We're moved by fear. And I never move forward because I'm moved by fear. Someone say, don't be moved by fear. And watch this. It's important to note that fear is always birthed by the father of lies. Someone say, the enemy. Whenever fear shows up in your life, someone say, that's the enemy. No, it's not your insecurities. No, it's not because you failed the last test. No, it's not because you're still going through a process. Somebody say it's the enemy. And I'm going to give you a Bible. Somebody say he's going to give you a Bible. Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if it ain't come from God, somebody say it comes from the enemy. That, that, that's a good litmus test, y'all, that God is trying to move us into our future. When fear shows up on the scene, Ooh, that's good news, y'all. I don't know about nobody else. The enemy tries to grip us with fear. And watch this. If fear attempts to grip, grip us, it does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. And watch this. This is why the enemy wants us, here's my first point, to dread the providence of God. He, he wants us to have fear when God is in control. How many of y'all know we love to be in control? So, so as soon as I don't have any power over my situation, I get fearful. 
I've been I've been navigating this journey with my wife about me stepping out on faith for full time ministry. When I know that all of my marriage, watch this, I've been the breadwinner winner. So now God is trying to move me to another place where I don't have control. And the enemy is trying to grip me, somebody say, with fear. Ooh, it's the enemy. It's the enemy. He wants to grip us with fear. Uh, and this is why what is, somebody might be saying, what do I mean about the providence of God? I made mention of this last week, but when God chooses to do a new thing, he does it how he wants it, when he wants it, and why he wants it. Uh, in other words, uh, this means whenever it's the providence of God or the new thing that God wants to do, somebody say, I've got to give him control. And see y'all grown folk, y'all got degrees, y'all got kids, y'all got businesses, and you don't want to let go of control. And the enemy knows you don't want to let go. And when we feel like we can't control or dictate the new and the next in our lives, it's easy to become, somebody say, fearful. And the enemy knows that. He, he knows that. He wants you to fear that God will leave you in the next and the new season. He, somebody say, fear. He wants you to fear that you will be overwhelmed from how God prepares us for the new and the next. Listen, I've been in a season, oh my God, why are you doing all of that? I feel like I'm going to drop something on my plate. I feel like I'm going to be overwhelmed. And watch this fear that we're simply, when God speaks a new thing and he says, listen, I, I want you to carry this mantle of ministry and I feel like I'm ill-equipped to do it. Somebody say fear. Oh God, you want me to marry that one? They're all put together and you know the background I come from. Matter of fact, my daddy was no good. Somebody say fear. fear. Yeah, he wants to grip us with a level of fear. And many of us never move forward, never take hold of our promises, all because we fear. Ooh, the enemy knows that, y'all. But here's the good news. Where there is God's providence, there's always protection. Now that's good news right there. Whenever God is in control, somebody say, I'm protected. And the enemy wants you to believe because you're not in control that you're not covered. Somebody say, I'm still covered. I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what Isaiah 41, 12, B through 13 says. Those who contended with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as, non, as a non-existent thing. And for the Lord your God will hold your right hand, saying, you fear not, I will help you. When God has control, somebody say, I'm covered. Yeah, he says, even what you think is opposition, oh, it shall be as nothing as a non-existent thing. Uh, I heard somebody say it um, this, um, this way, um, that um, fear is, is the evidence of things appearing real. Ooh, somebody say that's fear. It's trying to look like it's real, but somebody say, no, it's not. When, when I've got the providence of God, somebody say, I'm protected. Oh, that's good news, y'all. The right hand of the Lord refers to the complete control of providence of God. So this text reminds us that when God is in control, he has us covered. It ain't nothing like when God has your back. Somebody say, God got my back. I know the song says it, but we have no reason to fear when the enemy fights against our future. When we allow God to be in control, I know I can't dictate my future. I know uh, that I don't know every step of my future, but I know my future is in his hands. And if it's in his hands, somebody say, I'm all good. Oh, 
yet consider how the enemy tried to prevent this new season in the life of the children of Israel. Notice this in verse number 10 again. The Bible says when Pharaoh drew near, somebody say he was just close. The children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Notice that the text says that Pharaoh or the Egyptians never took hold of them. It never says that they harmed them. And it never even says that they hurt them. The text says that Pharaoh and the Egyptians were near. Somebody say near. Then the text says that the Israel children of Israel became afraid. What am I trying to say? We can't allow the proximity of the enemy to prevent the Lord from doing a new thing in our lives. If, if the enemy is, I don't care how close you are, someone say, I'm still covered. That's good news. I don't care what you say about my name. I don't care how close you get to me. I'm still covered. It's Egyptians. The Bible says they were just simply, someone say, near. Ooh, I ain't going to be afraid of folk that's just near. You keep coming too close to me. And this is what the Bible really means when it says, touch not my anointed. Do my, I'm faith, I'm the anointed of God. You can only get so close to me because somebody say I'm covered. Yeah, I don't know about nobody else, but the enemy can only get so close to me. I'm covered. Woo, that's good news, y'all. It's, watch this. It means, it's also important to know, when the, whenever the enemy is near, that means you're near to what God wants to do in your life. Woo. Now that's good news, y'all. Notice this. The children of Israel left Egypt. So they had already journeyed away from their bondage. So whenever the enemy shows up and is near, I'm near to what God wants to do. Now, I don't know about nobody else. That means when the attacks get very intense, when the enemy seems to be running rampant in my life, it's not a place to get fearful. I need to know that what I'm waiting on God for is almost on the way. I don't know about nobody else. That made me feel real good. That if the enemy is near, I'm near to what God wants to do in my life. As it was with the children of Israel, why say so it is with us. When the enemy is in close proximity to us, that means we're in close proximity to our promise. Whenever the enemy is in close proximity in your life, tell your neighbor you're close to your promise. That's good news, y'all. We have to be able to de- declare that we're too close to our promise to be overcome with fear. <sighs> When God is trying to do a new thing in our lives, we have to be as David declared in Psalm 27 and 1. The Lord is my light. I don't know where I'm going, but he's my light. I know that the attacks may seem intense, but the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I feel? The Lord is my strength. When I'm weary, whom shall I be afraid? David was saying that the providence of God was his protection. I don't know about nobody else. When I can't do nothing else. When, I, when it's all out of my control, I ain't got enough money to make this happen. I ain't got enough, enough clout to make this shake. I got to know that I'm covered by the providence of God. So I say I'm covered. I ain't going to allow fear to prevent what God wants to do in my life. Because I so hear this. The first thing that the enemy wants to do is to, for you to dread the providence of God. But somebody say when, I'm in it, when he's in control. So I say when he's in control. I'm covered. That's good news. Now let's look at verse number 11. The Bible says, that, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. This is the children of Israel. 
Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Hear this. I said this last week and it bears repeating again. How God does a new thing in our lives is not, it does not always feel good. You know the words sound good, but it don't feel good when you're going through it. Somebody say process don't feel good. No, it don't feel good. It don't feel good. It don't feel good. Ah, so so it, it, because it does not always feel good, the enemy wants you to believe what God is doing. He's not using it for your good. Did y'all catch what I just said? When you're going through process, when you're being elevated, when you're going to be promoted, it don't always feel good. So, 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 so you question if what God is really taking me through is for my good. that don't know how to act right, right. Hey, it don't feel good. Yeah, it don't feel good. The one that you said was going to be your boo for life and now they're causing you all kind of headaches in your life. Someone say, it don't feel good. Because watch this, becoming one is a process. So it does not feel good, but God is trying to use it, watch this, for your good. It don't, it don't always feel good. So the enemy uses the process to make you prevent what God is trying to do in your life. Uh, the, the, watch this. Uh, somebody might be saying, what do I mean? God will use seasons of persecution to promote you. God will use the seasons of life of burden to bless you. And he will even use seasons of affliction to advance you. But the, the trick of the enemy is for you to distrust the plan of God. This is how the enemy will prevent many of us from not doing the new thing. And the new thing happening because we want to distrust. Put a level, uh, God, you don't know what you're doing. Right. Now, God, this can't be for me. Now, God, you know that my areas of trauma when I was a child, why are you taking me through this? Yeah. It's reminding me of what I used to be through. Yeah. Uh, so, so he wants us to distrust his plan. Uh, but watch this. Even when God wants to do a new thing in your life, he wants you to not see your affliction. Uh, watch this. He wants you to see your affliction as God's means of advancement. Here's a word of wisdom. Exaltation in God is always accompanied with enemies. Y'all heard what I just said? Whenever you're going to be exalted in God, enemies are always going to show up. I really want to give you a Bible. Is it on the screen? Notice what Dave, God told David. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So what God prepares for you requires the presence of enemies. And that includes the new thing that he wants to do in your life. So, 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 hear this, I'm going to shout because I've got enemies. Because what God is trying to set me up for is exaltation. It, 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 somebody say it requires enemies. Y'all don't want no enemies. You want BFFs. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't want enemies. We want folk that's going to give us love notes. And then you're going to be stuck in the same place. There is no harvest without hardship. I know you don't like that. There is no promotion without persecution. I know that Joel Osteen told you something else. And there is no advancement without affliction. But the enemy wants you to believe. Some say otherwise. Yeah, he wants you to believe otherwise. Although the children of Israel were speaking to Moses in our foundation of the text, in essence, their response was to God. Someone say they were really speaking to God. Because it was God who had appointed Moses to lead the children into the promised land. 
and consider the response of the children of Israel to Moses. Because there were no graves in Egypt, you, somebody say, they talking about God, have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out, out of Egypt? In other words, they did not trust what God was doing and it did not feel like he was doing a new thing or a good thing to the children of Israel. Uh, this is why the Bible says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I know it don't feel good, but somebody say, he's trying to do a new thing. Yeah, he's trying to do a new thing. Uh, but as God is trying to do a new thing, we must hold fast. I know y'all know this Bible scripture. Many of us learned this in Sunday school, Romans 8.28. And we know, somebody say, we got to know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to, somebody say, his purpose. That, that means no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like, God is trying to do a new thing in our lives. We've got to be confident that he uses all things. Somebody say, all things work together. Yeah, they, they, they work together for my good. The weight we endure in a season, God can use it to do a new thing. The war we endure in a season, God can use it to do a new thing. And even the weariness of a season, God can use it to do a new thing. Because here's the good news. Somebody say, if. If God has called you to it, he'll use it for your good. Somebody say, shout this again. Somebody say, if. The Bible says, that to them, all things work together to them that love God and to them that are called according. Somebody say, not my purpose. Not, 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 not my mama purpose. But watch this. Somebody say, his purpose. This is why you got to be careful about stepping out into stuff that God ain't never called you to. Because some of the trouble that you in, somebody say, I got my own self in it. Yeah, you done drained your little 401k, not because God called you to the church. You thought you called your own self. This is why some of y'all, y'all done married folk here. You got, watch this. I see folk posting about who they love on Facebook one day and they broke up the next. You called yourself. Okay. Someone say, don't call yourself. It works according to his purpose. Some of us know how to get ourselves into good mess. Because we don't seek God. We don't call on God. We think we got it all together. And then when we think we got it all together, that stuff don't work together for our good. Help us today. Help us today. Watch this. The enemy attempts to prevent the new thing in our life of a believer by causing us to distrust the plan of God. But just as um, God spoke to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 and 11, so it is for us. Watch this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. His plans to do a new thing in our lives is to give us a future and a hope. Somebody say it's for my good. Yeah, that's good news, y'all. But hear this, and I'm done. Uh, he wants you to dread the providence of God. When you ain't got control, he wants fear to grip you. He wants you to don't know what we're doing but God does watch what verse number 12 says is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness despite what we may believe 
where we are now is not where God wants us to be. I need y'all to understand this. And I need us to understand there's a difference between contentment and complacency. Complacency is an enemy to the new thing that God wants to do in our life. In other words, I'm going to be content. I might live in a two-bedroom, one-bath apartment right now, and I'm content, God, because you got me. But where I am is not where I'm going to stay. Somebody say, where I am is not where I'm going to stay. So, so it's not about being content. I believe, God, you're going to keep me in this two-bedroom apartment, but you've got other desires for me. Okay, y'all, I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's me. I'm going to be content, but I ain't going to be complacent. And I said this before, and I'll say it again. We serve a God that makes all things new. This is Bible. It's Revelation 21.5. He says, behold, I make all things new. And somebody say, that includes me. So the believer should never be stagnant in their walk with God. You're not called to remain the way you are always. Somebody say, it should always be progression. Yeah, it should all, because he makes all things new. So this means complacency is an enemy to what God desires to do in our lives. Therefore, we must be careful not to believe that God, watch this, y'all ain't going to like this, that God is satisfied or that even we are satisfied with how much we know about God. Oh, don't, don't never feel, oh, like, I'm just satisfied with how much I know about God. Someone say that's a trick of the enemy. I, I don't ever want to be satisfied with how much I've received from God. I, I'm just, oh, that's enough, God. I don't need no more. Somebody say that's a trick of the enemy. The more that I receive from God, the more that I want from God. Anybody that's ever received some stuff from God, you're like a, a kid in a candy store. God, I just want more of you. Someone say, don't never be satisfied with that. And we should never be satisfied with how much we've grown in God. I'm going to celebrate, but I'm not going to get complacent. Thank God for the next step. Thank God for two steps forward. Thank God for five steps forward. But I'm not going to get complacent. I'm going to celebrate every step in God. But somebody say, don't get complacent. No, don't get complacent. Because this is when the enemy comes in. Because there's always more in God. Somebody say, there's more in God. Notice what Paul declared in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Paul knew that a believer that does not continue to take hold of Christ will never take new hold of that new thing in God. It's a continual, so I'm going to say pursuit. I'm never satisfied with where I am. And I'm, it's not the fact that I beat myself up because I'm not where I want to be, but I strive, so I'm going to say I strive for more. Because here's what the enemy wants you to believe. He wants you to get satisfied because he does not want you to reach for the more. The more that God wants to do, the more that God wants to release in your life. And many of us, we say even, not even being complacent because we're satisfied, we're complacent because we feel like we can't get to the more. I don't have the status of such and such. I don't have the cloud. I don't come from that type of family lineage to get all of that from God. Somebody say the devil is a lie. This is, this is why I love God, y'all. He will take those that seem obscure to do the greatest things in his kingdom. Because when you've been so low, listen, you know what it feels like to be low. 
you never want to go back there. So, 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 the enemy wants me, somebody say, to stay there. And as Paul knew this, so does the enemy. And this is how the enemy prevents a new thing in the life of a believer. He deceives us concerning our position in God. Consider what the children of Israel declared concerning their former position in our foundational text. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? We told you to let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. The sad reality is that the enemy had the children of Israel believing that they were better in bondage. If we're not careful, the enemy will have you believing that what God wants to do, the new thing in our life, that the former is better than our future. Somebody say the devil is a lie. No, you, it ain't no way. I know where I came from. It ain't no way. As you wait on your promotion, the enemy will have you believe that that job that didn't pay you enough Somebody say what's better. Somebody say the devil is a lie. As you wait on your ministry advancement, the enemy will have you believe that being inactive in ministry was better. Somebody say the devil is a lie. And as you wait on your husband, the enemy will have you to believe that that ex that hit you was better. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Satan, watch this, wants us to settle. Did y'all hear what I just said? He wants us to settle. He will have you believe that having a piece of a man is better than having peace. But somebody say the devil is a lie. We have to declare that greater is for me. I'm never going to be deceived that I'm at the place of arrival. God is trying to always, somebody say advance me. I don't care how well somebody thinks that me and Serena get along. I need to know our marriage is not at the place of arrival. There's always greater even in what's good. Did y'all catch what I just said? There's always greater even in what's good. God, God, God is a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. You might think it's good, but God has greater. Uh, we, but watch this. Because we are the body, our bodies are temples of God. We have to believe as the Lord spoke over the natural temple of God in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. Bible says that the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. This, this, this temple houses the spirit of God. I know what you're doing for God might be good, but somebody say he has greater. I'm never going to be deceived. I'm never going to be satisfied because the Satan wants you to settle. And how about this? The reason he wants you to settle, and I said this earlier, is that we let our guards down when we settle. So as soon as you and Drake think y'all marriage is all good and we ain't got no more room for growth, somebody say the enemy shows up. Never get complacent in anything that God has put in your hands. Somebody say don't get complacent. Because as soon as you're satisfied, this is when Satan shows up. In seasons of pain, our future will be better than our former. In seasons of persecution, our future will be better than our former. And watch this, even in seasons of prosperity, my future will be better than my uh, former. Someone say, I've got to believe that. We can't be afford to be deceived concerning our position. These fools thought bondage was better than their future. Someone say, the devil is a lie. If God get me out of that, I know I might not have no man right now. I know I might not have nobody to lay up with right now. I know it may be tough while I'm single, but I'm not going to take my behind back to somebody who did not love me well and think that my former was better than my future. Yeah, 
And y'all, I don't, I don't ascribe to everything she say, but you must not know about me. You must not know about you are you 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 know y'all can't find somebody else. Y'all know Beyonce. Don't act like y'all don't know. You are irreplaceable. You're not irreplaceable. I can find somebody else. Tell your neighbor you can find somebody else. This is how I keep my watch this. This is how I keep my act together as a husband because I know my wife can find somebody else. Okay, right around here. Thank you, irreplaceable. Somebody say no, you're not. No, you're not. Thank you, prophetess Beyonce. Thank you. Watch this. It's important to note that when God calls for the advancement in the life of a believer, there'll always be adversaries. Somebody say there's going to be adversaries. Whenever God wants to do something new, the enemy does not want God to do a new thing in my life. And the enemy does not want to lose his stronghold on the life of a believer. Watch this. Your former, wherever you currently are, because God is a God that does all things new, is the enemy's stronghold on you. If he can keep you in one place, somebody say, that's a stronghold of the enemy. This is why I can't understand folk that are Christian and you still know the same scriptures that you did when you first got saved. Somebody say, that's a stronghold. We don't always look at it like that. That I ain't got no new friends. I ain't got no other believers that I connect with. This is my little circle and this all I want. Someone say that's not of God. We're the body of Christ. I'm so, I'm so thankful that I made, met Brandon and Marina. I'm so thankful that God brought Philip in my life. Because if I stay around the same folk, it means that the enemy has a stronghold on me. Everything in my life should be shifting and advancing. And if not, someone say that's a stronghold. Some of y'all under strongholds right now. It did not know it. And this is why we need revelation concerning how the enemy prevents the new in our life. And when we have revelation, we can be ready for the war against our new thing and ready to receive the new thing. Our text gave us wisdom this morning, y'all. I hope y'all got it. We dread the providence. Fear will fight against your future. Tell your neighbor, fear will fight against your future. He wants you to distrust the plan of God, God, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, you don't know about me. You really don't, God. You don't know where I've been because I done, I done did some stuff. You telling me you want me to preach to folk? Not, not, not. All they got to do is a little background check. God, you don't know what you're doing. But God says, I use the foolish things to confound the wise. So I'm like, God, you tripping. You tripping real hard, God. Don't let that ex come into church because now I'm delivered. I'm delivered. And and, and then watch this. He wants us to be deceived concerning our position in God. Ah, Somebody say, don't remain complacent. Because these prevent God from doing the new thing in our lives. But here there's there's some greater wisdom I'm done, y'all. I know y'all got things to do. Watch what Exodus chapter 14 verse 13 says. The Bible says, and Moses said to the people, sometimes you got to tell yourself, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch this, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall again never see no more. One of the most critical strategies against the enemy when he comes against the new thing that the Lord wants to do in our lives is our complete dependency upon God. Somebody say complete. Somebody say dependency. I've said this before, and I believe it's fitting again. 
this season that I'm in, I tell my wife, I do not know what I'm doing with my life, but God does. There's going to be seasons in your life that you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. But if I know I'm in the hands of God, someone say he knows what he's doing. I'm like, God, I don't know. These folks offering me more money to stay. These folks trying to just shower me with love. And then I know I got to take care of my wife and my kids. God, I don't know what I'm doing. What you do? So even when I can't navigate the journey, it's going to be some stuff I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. That your pastor ain't going to be able to give you counsel on. What do you mean, pastor? You can't tell me what. That's going to be some stuff with your prep partner. Can't give you no counsel on. There's going to be some stuff that the folk that you sleep next to can't give you no counsel. You talking about the one that I'm supposed to be one flesh with can't give me counsel? God says, whenever I'm doing a new thing in your life, the prophet don't know, the pastor don't know, even your partner for life don't know. And the only place you're going to have to put your trust in, somebody says, in God. That's, you know, I was telling my wife, I hate that I got to receive the word before y'all do. Because somebody say it don't feel good. Let us stand to our feet. Help us today, God. We want you to do a new thing in our lives. We didn't know how it was going to come, God, but we know when the enemy shows up, we're close to what you want to do. So, Father, we thank you. We honor you, God. Some of us are in difficult seasons right now. And, God, we we didn't even get to the place where the enemy shows up, God. We got a word and we're scared. We're fearful, God, about being married because we know our character and we know our past. We're fearful about ministry, God, because, God, I ain't never read through my whole Bible. Help us today, God, to not be gripped with fear. Help us, God, because fear is fighting against our future. Help us, God. Somebody does not want to start that business because of fear. Somebody, God, does not want to ask their feet, make that person their fiance because of fear. God, somebody doesn't want to step out on faith because of fear. But God, we realize that you did not give us the spirit of fear. So if fear shows up, God, that means the enemy knows that you're up to something in our lives. Matter of fact, God, when when you're in control, we're protected. When you're in control, God, we're covered. Thank you, God, for the covering over your people today. Cover us, God, we pray. Let us be in step with your word, in your way, and in your will. For it keeps us in the providence of God. And God, I pray, God, that we won't distrust the plan. It don't feel good for many of us, God. It feels, God, like you're trying to squeeze something out of us. And matter of fact, God, you are. Everything... That was in our former life. You're trying to squeeze it out of us. God, do a work. Do a process in us. Many of us are under pressure, God. And it does not feel good, but you're still using it for our good. And for that, God, we say thank you. Let us not give up on the process because the process does not feel good. We trust your plan, God. And God, I pray against every stagnant, every stale, and every complacent believer. Not every believer that said, 
That's enough. All I got to do is come to church on Sundays. Don't ask me to serve. We come against that spirit, God. We come against every spirit. That's my, my wife is good. I ain't got to do nothing extra for her. She got me. We come against that now in the name of Jesus. Every complacent spirit, God. That says, it's all right, God. I'm, I'm living check by check. I don't need to start no business. We come against it now in the name of Jesus. Advancement is our portion. Somebody say advancement is my portion. You've called me to advance. You called us to grow. You called us to go from faith to faith. And for that, God, we say thank you. And God, I declare this over all of us. We don't know what we're doing with our lives, but you do. And because you know what you're doing with our lives, God, we give you, we, we have great and complete dependency upon you. Have your way, God. Somebody say, have your way. Have your way, God, in our lives. It don't, enemies are all around us. Confusion is trying to come upon us. We don't know where to turn, God. Matter of fact, our pastor, the prophet, God, even our partners, God, don't know what to tell us. So we'll lean on you and you alone. For if, we're not, if, you, if we are in your hands, God, you said the enemy will never snatch us away. And for that, God, we say thank you. Every believer that wants the new, every believer that does not want the enemy to prevent this new thing that you're doing, that God is doing in your life. Somebody say thank God. Amen. And amen. 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 Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.